is the Emergency Medical Minute. I have a very sexy medical minute today. Um, it's on hypokalemia. So, yeah, exactly. So hypokalemia, so how you manage it, because I think questions come up about this a lot. So um, when patients present with hypokalemia and when I'm trying to make a decision about how to correct their hypokalemia, really the considerations are what are their symptoms and can they take potassium by mouth? Hypokalemia is far and away best managed with oral repletion, not IV repletion. IV repletion is expensive, slow, relatively ineffective, and just takes a very, very long time. It's hard to get enough potassium. And it hurts. hurts. Thank you. Uh, And so by comparison, oral repletion is fast, effective, inexpensive, and is just generally a much better strategy. Most patients who we see with hypokalemia develop their hypokalemia over a long period of time. It's rarely a sudden change. So the times when I go for IV potassium always would certainly anything under like 2.5, we're gonna always give a little bit of IV potassium. Or if the patient is presenting with any suggestion of an arrhythmia or has, for example, like a long QT or other EKG changes, um, we'll go the IV route in addition to the oral route. Um, or if the patient can't take potassium by mouth because of intractable vomiting or, or what, what have you, something like that. Um, I do check their kidney function, obviously, before we give a lot of potassium. But if they have normal kidney function, you can give people a lot of potassium by mouth. And that's always the preferred route. The other thing to realize is that most patients who are hypokalemic are also hypomagnesemic. So when I say hypo-K, you say hypo-mag because they're both co-travelers. And if you don't fix the magnesium, it will be very hard to fix the potassium because of the way that magnesium and potassium are reabsorbed in the kidney. So when we see somebody with a K of 2.8, as we have right now, who's not vomiting, has no arrhythmia, has a normal EKG, I will give her 60 to 80 PO immediately, and then I'll give her 1 to 2 grams of IV magnesium. I do not check IV magnesium levels, and in general, we should not check IV magnesium levels. It is an almost useless lab test. It is neither sensitive nor specific for hypomagnesia or hypermagnesemia. So the magnesium is highly protein-bound, and so what you measure is not a very good reflection of how much magnesium they actually have. I actually don't check it, unless I'm trying to work up like a long QT syndrome or something where it's useful to have that level. That's my quick and dirty summary of of, uh, hypokalemia. Thank you. Emergency Medical Minute is, and always will be, about free medical education. Medicine's most prolific podcast is successful because of our supporters, donors, and of course, our listeners. Please like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter. And if you support spreading free medical education, please donate at our website, emergencymedicalminute.com. As always, keep listening.